Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Minutes with Mute, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri, joined alongside the one and only Scott Mutrim, BCQB, uh, Learfield IMG sideline reporter. You heard him down in Clemson, South Carolina. A tough one. The first loss of the year for the Eagles, 19-13, to a very, very tight game. We'll get with Scott in a second, but first, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you have to join the BC Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. For more details, they've tailgates before games, home and away, parties, you know, special opportunities. It's just a really a good organization to be a part of if you're a Boston College football fan. That's bcfootballgridiron.com for more details. Okay, we welcome in now Scott Mutrin. Uh, Scott, you know, just big picture, 19-13, tough loss. The Eagles are right there, right at the end, but they do fall to 4-1. Yeah, I, I, you kind of summed it up kind of perfectly. They were right there. They had numerous opportunities, and they just weren't able to capitalize on them. Every time you thought um, they were going to make a play or something positive was going to happen, there would be another penalty. Or, or a turnover, and it was just unfortunate for them because I think if they're gonna, they look at the film, they're going to see some missed opportunities that they had that could have probably not even, um, you know, won the game, but it wouldn't even have been close. They would have uh, won by a couple touchdowns. So I think that's going to be frustrating for them. But you know, that's that's part of football when you play on the road against a quality opponent like Clemson. Yeah, let's get right into it. You're right. BC three turnovers, Clemson zero penalties. BC we we know about them. A lot of knickknack, false starts. 10 penalties, 60 yards total. Um, but let, I guess we talk about the offense, um, Scott. What's glaring to me is I'd like to get your breakdown. BC, 46 yards rushing. What happened there? Would the Clemson focus on it? Just kind of give us your take on the offense side, on the rushing part. Well, Clemson was definitely focused on stopping the run, and they did a good job with their defensive front. They were really slanting hard towards BC's tendency of their the, the wide stretch play, and it, it created some tough angles for the offensive line, um, especially like the tight ends. Um, and they were they weren't really um, I don't want to say respecting the pass, but they were making BC throw the football. And some of it was you know field position. If you look in the second half, besides the first possession. Uh, the first two possessions, most of the second half, BC was pinned deep in their their own zone. Um, so it's, it's tough to really be aggressive and throw the football, especially when you're in a tie game for a while. You don't want to have any critical mistakes. Dennis threw a couple interceptions. So um, I think a lot of that was dictated based on kind of the situation of the game and, and some of the defensive things in which Clemson did. Um, but then you see the you know as the game gets into the fourth quarter, BC opens it up a little bit and then starts moving the ball pretty pretty easily and just shot themselves in the foot um, with penalties and miscommunication and then ultimately a turnover to end it. Dennis Grossell, QB, uh, you know, twenty three for forty, three hundred eleven yards, no TDs, two picks. As a former QB yourself, I'd like to get hit your thoughts on him. And what I noticed too is. 
there were uh, Scott. There were a lot of wide open receivers, especially deep throws. He just overthrew them. Uh, is that what you? Was there more to that? Let me know what you think about Dennis Corsell overall. Yeah, I think it ends up looking like a pretty good game yardage wise, not the turnovers, but um, I think he missed four or five opportunities deep that he's definitely going to want to have back. Uh, Dave Flowers on a couple. Um, C.J. Lewis had one. I think Jaden Williams may have been another one, but they they had opportunities. They were out there throughout the game. And when you play a team like Clemson, you got to hit those. Um, those big, deep shots are, are the difference between winning and losing. So he missed a couple of those. Um, that, you know, rattled around a little bit. Had, uh, you know, a, tough, a couple tough picks that, that's tough on the road to bounce back from, I'm sure. Um, you know, he's frustrated by that. Maybe even your confidence gets a little shook. But until the end, you're battling down there and even driving down there the last three drives. BC, you know, has a chance. They're fourth and they they're fourth and nine. It looks like they get nine. They get short spotted on it. So then they end up turning the ball over. And then they get the ball back and drive down again, only to fumble it. So the, the the good thing is they didn't, you know, they didn't let down. They didn't quit. The bad news is they just didn't execute at the highest level that they needed to. And Dennis, you know, being the leader of the offense, would probably say that that falls on his shoulders because he missed some opportunities that could have given them. Uh, some scores or some significant change in field position. So if you're Dennis's shoes now coming off that game and having a bye week, what would you say you were playing? What would you work on maybe two or three things this week during the bye week as a QB perspective? Well, for him, I'd probably try to do my best to, to work on my timing on some of those deep throws with my receivers. Um, I know Jay Flowers has been a little banged up. Um, I don't know how much he's been practicing, so that definitely hurts your timing, but get some of the other guys and everybody out there and just try to hit hit up on those things because those are such big plays that when they present themselves, especially as you start getting the ACC schedule, that those plays need to be made. And, you know, you have to admit from most of training camp, Dennis did not get a lot of time with those guys because of the fact that Phil was really, uh, Dracovic was getting the majority of the reps and Dennis didn't have timing with that throughout training camp. So now is an opportunity to maybe close that gap and, and get on the same page with them. So I, I think that would be a big one for him during this off week. On the offensive side, I'd also like to give a shout-out, Trey Berry, seven reception, 82 yards. A very impressive game for him, too. Yeah, he did a good job uh, creating some space underneath, and um, he was really valuable in some of those crossing routes um, and, and dump downs on third play, on third down, and that's, you know, it's a good guy to have like that, especially with that size. He did, uh, he did a nice job making himself available for Dennis. And a switch to the ball now. BC's defense, I think they played very well, Scott. I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, but holding Clemson 19 points, for the most part, limiting the big plays, and they kept BC in the game. Yeah, and they did great. They held them, you know, Clemson at 3 for 14 on third down, and then I think 0 for 2 on fourth down. And then uh, on top of that, although they didn't, get, they didn't get any turnovers, they didn't have any tackles for loss, they didn't have... Uh, any sacks, and yet they still were able to kind of bow their neck and, and keep Clemson out of the end zone besides that first big run in, in the in the first quarter. So uh, credit to them on rallying to the football and, and just creating some doubt and playing really well coverage-wise. Uh, Clemson didn't have a lot of room um, to throw the football, so credit to, to the secondary. Sam Lukabu and Coach Halfley for putting together a really good plan and even without getting explosive defensive plays to do what they did and keep uh, Clemson out of the end zone. And uh, to do all that was, was impressive by them. 
And then special teams, Connor, two for two field goals, 34-yarder, pretty good. And then especially Grant Carlson, what was that, a 70-yard punt uh, down there in special teams? Yeah, it was a 72-yard punt. They also had a block punt um, that they got uh, in the second half, which you were hoping that would spark some momentum. Um, but they didn't get; they weren't able to score on that, and that was kind of a you know a great microcosm of the game. They get a great play on defense, great field position, and then penalty, 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 and that just killed all momentum. And they ended up having to punt back. So um, there were opportunities there, and the special teams actually did a good job for BC. So uh, that's a, that's another good sign that they're still continuing doing well in that facet of the game. And then you're happy to see Grant Carlson's little celebration there after that punny. I, I don't know what you describe, like a bow and arrow slash like airplane move. I, did, you, did you see him running down the field after that punt? It was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I don't really watch the kickers that much. It was a great <laughs> kick, but I'm not looking for looking at the latest punter and kicker celebrations uh, out there. I was uh, yeah, happy that he flipped the field and gave the defense an opportunity to um, you know to get Clemson off the field and get the ball back, hopefully in good field position. But I was. I was not watching the, uh, the celebration of that on the sideline. All right, it's all over Twitter, so I'll make sure I'll send it to you. You'll you'll get a. That's yeah, okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, okay, so the furthermore, you know, nineteen thirteen penalties, though. I mean, what a lot of these false starts? You know, to be honest, with you Scott, tell me if I'm wrong. I wasn't there. You were there. The crowd kind of was loud in the beginning, but it seemed like it wasn't a huge factor of these false starts. Like. What what's going on? The timing? Uh, what? Why was there so many? And uh, especially back to back to back, and one particular drive. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm, based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, it happened on a couple drives, to tell you the truth. Some of it is, uh, there is crowd noise, especially when you get to third down. But it didn't seem like a typical Clemson crowd, to be honest with you. 90,000 strong, like screaming. But then there's also the changing of the plays and protection and then trying to hurry up in the cadence because sometimes when you're going and you get late in the... When you get late in the play clock, you start to rush and call for the ball early. So that leads to some anticipation moves by the uh, by the offensive line because they, they hear the clap and they hear the silent count uh, signal kind of go off. So sometimes when you don't have the cadence going and you're just going on your silence and your other things, that can screw up people's timings because basically put it on the center and when to snap the ball. Um, it's usually like a thousand, one thousand, two, but if the center holds onto it for a skosh longer, um, that can create, you know, the, the issue of, of being of being early on that. It's not an excuse. It's just these are some of the factors that, that happen when you play in a on a road game, and it, when it is loud, and even when it's not loud, when it's pressure moments, those are those are things that you just got, you got to really tighten up. And I mean, even the one the. You know, there's a couple tough calls at the end of that game for BC on the kind of the go-ahead field goal. You have a questionable holding on third and ten. Um, that fourth and ten, I actually think I think that, I think it was a fourth down play that actually extends the drive. And then you get the offsides where Clemson had a linebacker that was literally dancing in the neutral zone on fourth and five, 
fourth and four, and they don't call it. We there's BC gets sacked, and that kind of kills the drive. And there would have been an automatic first down on the thirty yard line. So, uh, inopportune times to have the, kind of the calls go against you, for lack of a better term. Um, but you know that that kind of happens. That happens down there. And you got to be able to overcome them. Yeah, no question about it. That offsides is big. Um, I mean, it was terrible because you see that. The entire line stops. Everybody in the stadium saw it, and uh, the crowd. They, and to the Clemson's crowd credit, and even to to Dabo's Winnie, there were there were a couple of pass interference calls that the Eagles got away with. I think in the in the game, at least two or three. So it's not like everyone only looks at the, the end product or the, the most recent one. So there were a couple of misses on each side, but it, the ones that they missed for the Eagles were pretty critical as to in, in the juncture of the game in which they happened. And now, just to put a bow tie on this one here, first ACC loss, you know, it, it hurts. There's no way you got to move on, but it hurts. You know, that Clemson has now 11-game winning streak over the Eagles, not good. Um, and I think they've won now 31 straight at home. So there was a lot at stake there. They could have ended a lot of streaks. And let's get right down to it, the last play. What happened there, the fumble? What, was that just another miscue? I mean, BC's drive looked really good. You felt like, oh, you were eyeing 20-19, to 19, extra point, let's get out of town, and then boom, fumble, and that's the end of the game. Yeah, well, you're on the 12-yard line. The, the play clock is, is running low, and then it's trying to hustle to get the, the snap. Um, and the snap's a little off, kind of hits him in the hand. I think the, the back, or I don't know if there's a back or tight end next to him. I'm pretty sure it's the back. And probably could have fallen on it. I, Tough to say that. Maybe you're waiting for the hop, but um, in the craziest of moments is when you need to keep your calm and, and not let that that moment kind of get to you. And I think your Dennis was probably trying to make a play, worried about not having enough time. But with 50 some seconds left, I think even if they fall on it there, they'll they'll be on the 20 yard line and, and have plenty of time to get a couple plays off. Um, even if they take 15, 20 seconds to get the next one off, you have you'll have 20 to 30 seconds to run a couple plays. So I, I don't think, uh, uh, I think it maybe rattled a little bit, but I mean, snaps a little offline. Don't fall on it. It's just the ball bounces a different way. The, they actually blocked the defensive end right into it. So it's just, it wasn't meant to be for lack of a better term. It just, it, it just, it was a tough ball, tough break for, for the ball bounce there. And it happens. It just, they seem to everything happen in the worst moments on Saturday. And you talked to Coach Halfley after the game. You traveled back with the team. What was just, I mean, we heard, we heard the press conference, but what was his general, how do you think he took this? Because this is a big loss. This is probably one of the major losses of his head coaching career early on in his his career. Yeah, I mean, last year's loss stung too. They were winning the whole game. Yep. Um, so that, that, that stung. I think he's, um, I think he was frustrated. He's disappointed. I think he saw that it was right there for the taking, like everyone did. He loved their effort. He loved their ability that they they stood together. They didn't they didn't quit. They didn't get down on each other, and they battled. I think that's a good thing. I think he's not accepting it as a moral victory. He's frustrated. He wants to win in the ACC. I think he felt that was a good opportunity as a stepping stone for them. And, and I think he looks at it as that they're, they're going to build, but they're not going to quit. They're not going to feel sorry for themselves, and they're going to come back out and be ready to play versus North Carolina State, who Pete Clemson in is a very good team, too. There's no time, no rest for the weary, even with the bye week, that they got to get ready. And I, 
I think he was ready to just kind of get back to work and get after it more than anything. So they do have a bye week. We'll talk more about NC State next week. That's okay. Uh, but just to wrap up uh, the trip, how was the off-the-field stuff? Uh, I heard there were some good eats before the game. and uh, Oh, yeah, we had a big shindig. So we uh, met up with Paul Crisioni, Don Therian, a couple other guys from the Gridiron Club went to the Smoking Pig right by Clemson. I had a nice uh, pulled pork and chopped chicken combo platter with um, – Potato salad and ba- banana pudding, some water. Wow. Uh, it was delicious. Um, very good meal, very filling. Uh, the, the guys were very happy with it. They were, we met a couple very nice people there. Cat, uh, Cat, and uh, who was the other one? Cat and Kate, I think it was, who are our waitresses. We were very, very. And then uh, went to the stadium early, and uh, BC alum Peter Bell was throwing a great tailgate. And uh, saw a bunch of BC alums, old and young, and got to just just chat with them, get some feelings on people, and get to meet people. It's it's nothing like getting to see the the BC community out together and uh, rallying at Clemson. And Peter did a great job with the tailgate, and there were a bunch of great people there, and uh, they were all fired up for the game and disappointed in the end, but uh, proud of where the team's at and, and happy in the trajectory in which they're going, and I can't disagree. That sounds great. Is Clemson one of your favorite road venues in the ACC, if not the uh, favorite? The yeah. It is the best, hands down. I, I, I would say in the country, I wouldn't even say in the ACC. Um, it's my favorite place to go to. The fans are great. The places to go. Greenville's a beautiful town that we usually stay in. There's plenty great restaurants and people to hang out we went to uh the yeehaw brewing place the day before watched some football the the iowa game which i didn't know iowa fans actually lived in greenville but there were a ton of them there so (laughs) the fans there are great they're super nice super friendly the atmosphere is great um unlike any other i've um, experienced i'll be happy to tell you my worst places because those are you know, those may be on the schedule going forward, but we'll save that for a treat for later. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that. We'll keep it all positive after this one. But uh, all right, hey Scott, we appreciate it. We'll see a nice bye week. Uh, what are you doing? Anything fun next weekend? Uh, this weekend, excuse me for the bye. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Uh, we got a myriad of hockey games, anywhere between six to seven hockey games <laughs> I got for my older two sons. My youngest son is a football game on Sunday. Um, and it's my birthday on Saturday, so I get to spend my birthday uh, home and not on the road traveling somewhere. Yeah, that timing works out. Well, happy early birthday, and we thanks a lot. Have fun, and thanks for joining us here on this podcast, Scott. Appreciate it. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.